You wouldn't sleep there a night, not if I had to go there myself and pull the big alarm bell that's on the roof. The good creature was so manifestly in earnest, and was so kindly in her intentions, that Malcolmson, although amused, was touched. He told her kindly how much he appreciated her interest in him, and added, But my dear Mrs. Witham, you need not be concerned about me. A man who is reading for the mathematical tripos has too much to think of to be disturbed by any of these mysterious somethings, and his work is of too exact and prosaic a kind to allow of his having any corner of his mind for mysteries of any kind. Mrs. Witham kindly undertook to see after his commissions, and he went himself to look for the old woman who had been recommended to him. When he returned to the judge's house with her, he found Mrs. Witham herself waiting with several men and boys carrying parcels, and an upholsterer's man with a bed and a cart, for she said a bed that had not been aired for mayhap fifty years was not proper for young Burns to lie on. She was evidently curious to see the inside of the house, and though manifestly so afraid of the somethings, that at the slightest sound she clutched on to Malcolmson, whom she never left for a moment, and went over the whole place. After his examination of the house, Malcolmson decided to take up his abode in the great dining-room, which was big enough to serve for all his requirements, and Mrs. Witham, with the aid of the charwoman, Mrs. Dempster, proceeded to arrange matters. When the hampers were brought in and unpacked, Malcolmson saw that with much kind forethought she had sent from her own kitchen sufficient provisions to last for a few days. Before going she expressed all sorts of kind wishes. At the door she turned and said, "'Perhaps, sir, as the room is big and draughty, it might be well to have one of those big screens put round your bed at night. Oh, truth to tell, I would die myself if I were to be shut in with all kinds of things that put their heads round the sides or over the top and look on me.' The image which she had called up was too much for her nerves, and she fled incontinently. Mrs. Dempster sniffed in a superior manner as the landlady disappeared, and remarked that for her own part she wasn't afraid of all the bogies in the kingdom. "'I'll tell you what it is, sir,' she said. "'Bogies is all kinds and sorts of things, except bogies. Rats and mice and beetles, creaky doors and loose slates and broken panes, and stiff draw handles that stay out when you pull them and then fall down in the middle of the night.' Look at the wainscot of the room. It is old, hundreds of years old. Do you think there's no rats and beetles there? And do you imagine, sir, that you won't see none of them? Rats is bogies, I tell you, and bogies is rats, and don't you get to think anything else. Mrs. Dempster, said Malcolmson gravely, making her a polite bow, let me say that, as a mark of esteem for your indubitable soundness of head and heart, I shall, when I go, give you possession of this house, and let you stay here by yourself for the last two months of my tenancy, for four weeks will serve my purpose. Uh, thank you kindly, sir, she answered, but I couldn't sleep away from home a night. I mean Greenhow's charity. If I slept a night away from my rooms, I should lose all I have to live on. The rules is very strict and there's too many watching for a vacancy for me to run any risks in the matter. Only for that, sir, I'd gladly come here and attend on you altogether during your stay. The old woman set to work with her cleaning, 
By nightfall, when Malcolmson returned from his walk, he always had one of his books to study as he walked, he found the room swept and tidied, a fire burning in the old hearth, the lamp lit, and the table spread for supper with Mrs. Witham's excellent fare. Oh, this is comfort indeed, he said as he rubbed his hands. When he had finished his supper and lifted the tray to the other end of the great oak dining table, he got out his books again, put fresh wood on the fire, trimmed his lamp, and set himself down to a spell of real hard work. He went on without pause till about eleven o'clock, when he knocked off for a bit to fix his fire and lamp, and to make himself a cup of tea. He had always been a tea drinker, and during his college life he sat late at work and taken tea late. The rest was a great luxury to him, and he enjoyed it with a sense of delicious, voluptuous ease. The renewed fire leapt and sparkled.